Did you catch those fights at the weekend? How about the fights last weekend? Lucky for you, I am going to be recapping both, mostly because I was a bit of a lazy bastard last week and didn't get around to uh, recapping UFC Vegas 28. And I actually was, I wasn't very successful in my betting on UFC 263. However, on UFC Vegas 28, I did get a few right, which is mostly why I'm going to be recapping both because I would, if possible, like all of the credit and none of the blame. So let's start off. Jordan Levitt or Levitt. I call him Levitt. Levitt, Levitt, same thing. I had Levitt to uh, win in devastating fashion just because he did that slam on Wyman and I got all caught, up, all caught up in the hype because he's definitely a serial killer. That's true. I mean, there is no actual evidence of that, but I do, I do think it's true. He is a serial killer. At the end of the day, I mean, uh, Levitt, he just looked very tired. He looked tired and flat very quickly. And one thing I know for sure, what, what is next for Levitt? I think very soon after that fight, what was next for Levitt was strangling a prostitute to death. Um, and then, you know, cutting off a head, dismembering the corpse, uh, keeping the, the head as a memento, uh, possibly a piece of jewellery as well. Uh, you know, they like to do that, uh, serial killers, I mean. And um, yeah, so that, that I think that's what's next for Jordan Levitt. Um, Poilis, who knows? Is uh, I'd never heard of him before, but he looked all right. Okay, he looked all right, I guess. Uh, but yeah, very disappointed in that fight. I was expecting big, big things from the serial killer Jordan Levitt, but never mind. Moving on, Mason Jones versus Alan Patrick. What a heartbreak! Because look, I'm not really taking this as a loss here because I picked Mason Jones to win uh, by stoppage, and he was tuning. Alan Patrick up. Let's let's not mince words. He was tuning him up. He was battering him in every single area of the fight. And then there was an unfortunate eye poke, and it was an unfortunate accident. And Mason Jones, he, the thing I like about him even more, like you heard him talking to the ref afterwards, and he even said he's like, no, no, boss, my, it was my fault, ref. It was my fault, and you know, and I apologise. It was an accident. You know, it was my fault. And um, it, but obviously he was gutted because look, he. <sighs> Alan Patrick was done. He was done. And that's why it, you know, it, he wasn't leaving the fight because of the eye poke. He was leaving the fight because he was getting the shit kicked out of him. Let, let's not mince words here. That's what was happening. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how Mason Jones gets on in his next fight. They haven't announced anything yet, but I'll be keeping a keen eye on the Welsh Dragon, Mason Jones, because look, I am just, uh, yeah, I, I don't blame Alan Patrick for wanting out after getting eye poked, because at the end of the day, um, you know, you're getting beaten from pillar to post and then you lose like full vision as well. Like there's no reason for you to continue. There's no reason. But it was unfortunate for Mason Jones as well. Um, yeah, just very unfortunate. But onwards and upwards, I think really another another opponent ranked in, in the 40s for Mason Jones next. Uh, John McDessie is without a fight at the moment. He's a fairly recognisable name at lightweight, and it would be a good test for Mason Jones, that, because um, John McDessie's ranked in like the, in the 40s, I think. So, um, yeah, I think that's the fight to make. Mason Jones versus John McDessie, another fight past prelim headliner. I would love to see that. Hopefully that happens. Let's move on to Tana Bosa against Ilya Latifi. And I had Ilya Latifi all day. Was it pretty? No. Did he necessarily deserve to win? 
Oh, no, it's debatable. It was very close, very boring fight. Uh, he didn't really... I mean, it was just... Literally, he got two takedowns, and that's what really, like, scored him the victory. And, um, yeah, fair play to Alir Latifi. He's gotten another win, and uh, he, he can move on. He didn't look particularly good. I just... I get swept up in, in Latifi just because he's such a tank. He's such a tank. He should be able to take people down and do horrendous damage, but he just doesn't seem to. Um, Tanner Bosa didn't look particularly good either, which is why, obviously, you know, the judges gave it to Elia uh, Latifi. Um, it was by the skin of his teeth, but a win is a win, and I will take that because I believe that was my pick of the week. And uh, whilst, you know, Elia Latifi, he made hard work of it, that was one in the win column. Now, Look, Latifi, let's be realistic here. If they put him against anybody half-decent heavyweight, he is getting picked apart. But what one fight I could see next for Alir Latifi is possibly a crack at Andrei Arlovsky. Uh, Alir Latifi's had a couple of fights at heavyweight now, and he's now coming off a win, technically, at heavyweight. And so uh, Andrei Arlovsky, he's still floating around. He's still a good name. He's still a good test. He's a good, he's a good litmus test at to, as to where you are in the heavyweight division. If you can get past Andrei Arlovsky, then you can possibly start moving up, uh, floating around towards the 50 and 10 rankings and yeah so I think that's that's really the next fight to make. Uh, Alir Latifi versus Andre Orlovsky. Uh, ben Rothwell still hasn't got a fight booked. That could be a pretty decent uh, decent go. I, I still think that Vandera would be the, the, the most logical fight for Ben Rothwell next but if they don't do that then Latifi is a pretty decent opponent as well. I do not think that ends well for Latifi. I think that Ben Rothwell would beat the fuck out of him honestly but uh, hey who knows? At the end of the day, Latifi got the win and he can just improve from there. It's, you know, and he can improve on a win and try and you know, get better. Walt Harris against Martian Tiberio. This one, I, I felt it was obvious. I felt it was obvious from the start. And I said that when I was making my predictions that, you know, Tybura is a durable, durable guy. That is kryptonite for guys like Walt Harris, who are very dangerous in the first 60 seconds, but after that, not so much. He's done it time and time again, where he explodes out of the gate fast and furious, and he's really dangerous. Don't get me wrong. He is an explosive, scary, scary heavyweight for the first 60 seconds. After that, not so much. So, yeah, Tybura just weathered the early storm and then, you know, like clockwork, took him down and then beat him up until the referee said enough was enough. And that was what happened in that fight. If you hadn't seen it, then there's no need to watch it because I've just gone literally play by play. That was exactly what happened. So Tybura, he's on a bit of a streak now. So, um, you know, he's beaten Rothwell, Hardy and Harris in his last three fights. And, yeah, so the next opponent for Tybura... I thought should have been maybe Rosenstroke, but they are doing, I think it's just been announced, Rosenstroke is fighting someone else, and I can't remember for the life of me who it is, but Rosenstroke does have a fight booked, so that's probably not going to happen. So, uh, look, Tybura, he just needs, he needs a name, he needs a, a higher-ranked opponent, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully he gets that, because he's just put together a hell of a streak. And uh, one day I'll remember who Rosenstroke has been matched up against. Oh, I only saw it today. That's really annoying. Either way, um, Rosenstroke versus Sakai. This was, uh, again, 
one that I thought was obvious as well. Um, Biggie Boy is back in the win column, and I love that because there was no doubt in my mind. I thought, you know, Rosenstroke, when he is confident, when he's confident and when he's going forward, he is an absolute force to be reckoned with. He is one of the best heavyweights in the UFC, but in terms of marks, because he's just got a scary presence to him. He's just a big guy, giant big guy who hits hard, and he's just one of those scary heavy hitters. There's something scary about his power. I don't, there's something kind of unnerving about it. You know what? He is an absolute savage when he's going forward. He needs to be going forward, though. Uh, defensively, when he's on the back foot, Rosenstroik has come unstuck, and I think that's where he needs to kind of avoid being, really. Just aggression. Aggression is the key for Rosenstroik. So... You know, with heavyweight being so unpredictable, I can't rule out another run at a title for, for Rosenstroik. All he's got to do is put a few wins together. And I still do maintain that he is a far better technical striker than Francis Ngannou. Ngannou just beat him by windmilling and then um, and then caught him. And fair play to Ngannou. He's, he's a frightening man because Ngannou can just... He, the, what he lacks in technical ability, uh, Nganu can make up for with his raw power and just aggression and going forward. But I feel like if Rosenstruck took a page out of that book and just went forwards and pressured Nganu and bullied Nganu, I feel like that would be the key to victory if they were to fight again down the line. And I do think that that is a fight that Rosenstruck can win. Um, next fight, again... Uh, it's been announced, and it's really annoying me that I can't, for the life of me, think who he's fighting. So I'm going to just Google it now. Jarzino uh, Rosenstrike, next opponent. Um... Curtis Blades! That's it! Good Lord! How did I forget about that? Yeah, Curtis Blades. So, yeah, that's a hell of a good fight. I mean... Not for Blades. I mean, the thing is, though, is Rosenstrike, he's not, he's not really a wrestler. But then again, neither is Derek Lewis. And Derek Lewis, like, starts Curtis Blades. Oh, that's a tough fight for Rosenstroik, to be fair, because Curtis Blades will just take you to the ground and hump you until it's done. Until he's done. Oh, yeah. No, that sounded, um, that sounded, uh, pretty horrible. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, Rosenstroik versus, uh, Curtis Blades. That's. That'll be interesting. It's got potential to be a snooze fest if Blades just gets on top of him. But you know what? If, if Rosenstroik can just keep it standing, and the importance here is aggression. Rosenstroik needs to go forward. Go forward. One direction, straight forward, straight through your opponent. That is how Biggie Boy needs to fight every single time. And uh, yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing if he can do that. And then we've got UFC 263 just happened at the weekend, so um, you should it should be fresh in the mind. Anders against Stewart was a very disappointing matchup. I had such high hopes for this matchup because in the first fight they they had they really went at each other. Do you know what I mean? It ended with a disqualification because of an illegal knee. But this one they were both very tentative, and it was just a very slow affair where they both leant against the cage for the whole time. And also it really ruined my bet of um, of Anders by knockout because. Nothing was happening in that fight. Very disappointing. Very slow affair. I wouldn't go back and watch it if I were you. Uh, maybe Kevin Holland next for Anders? Maybe Kevin Holland's someone that, someone that Anders can really get his teeth into. Do you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, Eric Anders is a pretty good opponent for, uh, for Holland as well. Uh, yeah, they need to make that fight. Get Holland back in there. See if he's addressed any of the problems he's had keeping the fight standing. Um, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. What a fight. It's brilliant. 
It was great fun. It was almost exactly what I thought would happen. Do you know what I mean? Leon Edwards absolutely dominating like the early rounds, not just the early rounds, but all the way up until round four. But then, woo, right at the end, there's a little surprise in there. Cheeky little Stockton slap followed by the, the left hand. And, and it, that Edwards was kind of out on his feet for a second. He actually was. That's, uh, I mean, the thing is, it was a great result, really, because, like, Nate Diaz showed that he still got it to a certain extent. And Leon Edwards, don't get it twisted. What happened was Leon Edwards dominated that entire fight except for about three minutes of the last round where he was kind of wobbly and, uh, and Nate Diaz nearly finished him. But nearly finishing doesn't win the fight. And at the end of the day, people keep on, like, discrediting Leon Edwards' win. And I, I think that's a little bit unfair, if I'm totally honest, because, like, what Leon Edwards did was go out there and absolutely dominate a fairly dangerous opponent. And he did so with relative ease. He, the people said, oh, because, like, he, he got caught because his gas tank is shit. What type, what fight were you watching, you morons? So, there's nothing wrong with Leon Edwards' gas tank. Leon Edwards was as fresh in the fifth as he was in the first. Like literally, he was. Just, he, he, there was. It wasn't tiredness. He got caught. He got caught with a good shot. It happens. And he also showed his durability because there are some people that wouldn't have recovered from that. That would have been finished. You know what I mean? Maybe if Nate hadn't been standing, pointing and laughing, he would have actually gotten the finish. But that's all conjecture, isn't it? What happened happened. Leon Edwards won a dominant, dominant five-round decision victory with a little bit of adversity at the end, but. It still means that Nate Diaz's stock doesn't go anywhere. Leon Edwards can move on to his next fight, which I believe should be for the title, really. I think, I think really the move should be Leon Edwards for the title and then Covington versus Masvidal. Covington versus Masvidal sells like massive numbers because it's just going to be a fun fight and they hate each other Usman versus Leon Edwards there's narrative there the man who's like nine fights unbeaten or ten fights unbeaten now I forget which and then you know there's narrative they can push there Leon Edwards and, and, and Usman have fought before but both of them have improved immeasurably since that time so that'll be an interesting fight I mean obviously I would lean towards Usman in that fight because who the hell beats, who the hell beats Kamara Usman honestly in welterweight they're, they're, I mean you'd have to be on top of your game I'd say that much but look, I wouldn't rule out Leon Edwards winning that fight Leon Edwards is an absolute beast in his own right and he really looked very sharp uh, apart from that from get that one shot at the end so yeah I think Covington Masvidal that would make sense Usman versus Leon Edwards next for Nate Diaz maybe he takes a little trip down south of the border below 170 because he's clearly slightly undersized. I always have Nate pictured as like the taller guy usually like in the fights but you know Leon Edwards kind of was was clearly the bigger man and I think Nate Diaz is going to struggle with those bigger welterweights. I think a trip back down to 155 Mr. Dan Hooker has called out Nate Diaz and I like that call out. I like the call out and I like that fight. I think they should make that happen. I think stylistically, that is a wonderful fight. Could you imagine Dan Hooker versus Nate Diaz? Like, I remember what Dan, what Dan Hooker against um, Dustin Poirier was like. That was an absolutely incredible fight. I think it would be very similar to that. I think it's a winnable fight for Nate. I think it's a winnable fight for Dan Hooker. And both of them need a win. So I think that that is the one to make. £155, Dan Hooker versus Nate Diaz. Make that one happen. Or if Connor loses to Dustin Poirier, they should do the trilogy, which you know, which is you know definitely on the cards. Figueiredo versus Brandon Moreira. Wow, 
What a, what a lovely story, eh? What a lovely story. And um, yeah, Brandon Morano looked absolutely sensational. I would say this. There's a lot of people pointing out that Figueiredo had a very rough weight cut. And I did think that. When I saw him on the scales, he could barely stand up. And I thought, how long are you making that weight for, man? He cannot be making that weight for much longer. In fact, I think the time to go up a weight class is now. Uh, I, don't, I don't like that weight cut for him at all. He just looked drained. I don't think that that's a reason. I'm not taking away from Moreno's win. I don't think any Anybody was beating Moreno that night. He was so determined. He was just like, literally there was nothing stopping him from taking that belt from Davison Figueredo on that night. And he looked fantastic. He's the first ever Mexican champion because Cain Velasquez is not Mexican. He, he was of Mexican heritage and that's great. He's proud of his heritage. He was born in America. Doesn't speak Spanish. So stop telling me that Cain was the first Mexican champion. He wasn't. He's American. You know what I mean? It's, it just it is what it is. You know, Moreno was born in Mexico. He speaks Spanish. Ergo, Mexican. Moving on. Uh, yeah, so anyway, congratulations to Moreno. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. What a lovely bloke. He just seems so nice. Do you know what I mean? Just like... And yeah, it, when you see guys like that winning... It really does. It, you have to be made of stone not to be really happy for him. So, yeah, dead chuffed. And then you had Adesanya versus uh, Vittori. Uh, it was reminiscent of Jones against Smith, wasn't it? You know, Vittori just going forwards, just being a punching bag. He got a couple of takedowns. He got a takedown at the start, and I thought, oh, hello. Hello. I mean, this could be interesting. And then Adesanya just kind of got up effortlessly and Vittori just couldn't seem to get any offense off, really. Like, it just, it, and it was just a, quite a lackluster fight, if I'm totally honest. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't very exciting. It was just, you know, it, you could, you could see the writing on the wall from round one. And, you know, Vittori saying that he thought he won that fight, he's deluded. He is deluded. He didn't win that fight. I suppose as a fighter, you have to tell yourself that, but that's just not what happened. He, he, he just allowed, like, Adesanya to stay in his range and just, he, like, neither man was in danger of being finished, but Adesanya was just racking up the points and he got so far ahead that it was just like, well, that was a whitewash, wasn't it? You know what I mean? It was, it, and, and it looked like Vittori didn't even want it. Do you know what I mean? He just looked really tense and really angry, but he wasn't willing to go forward. He wasn't willing to actually go and try and do some damage and take any risks. And he was, and uh, I think because he didn't want to get finished, and I know I wouldn't either, but yeah, he had to do something to go and take that fight. Even his coach was saying, look, you are losing this fight. You have to go out and do something. And yeah, honestly, wasn't a very fun fight to watch. And there's some people going, there's one guy I saw him posting saying, oh, if you didn't enjoy Adesanya versus Vittori, then you don't even really understand or appreciate high level martial arts. Oh, fuck you, you sanctimonious son of a bitch. All right. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah, I, okay, I get it. Look. I like violence, I like a bit of excitement. That makes me a casual. So fuck you. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, oh, I don't like it. I just thought it was such a dumb statement to make. Look, a boring fight is a boring fight. It doesn't make you any less of a fan to just admit that that was boring as fuck. I know I appreciate what what Adesanya was doing, and he was just not taking any risks, and he was just winning the fight, and he knew he could win. But that's not exciting, is it? Not, not by any stretch of the imagination. And let's be fair, the whole reason people watch like combat sports, especially, is for the excitement, is for the for the spectacle of it. There was no spectacle there. Where was the spectacle? It wasn't there. 
So, yeah, anyway, moving on. Uh, obviously, you've got Bobby Knuckles versus Adesanya 2. That is going to be tremendous. Because, you know what? A really, like, uh, Robert Whittaker has done the right thing here. He went back to the drawing board. He found his motivation. He found his fire again. He looks like the real Robert Whittaker. And he's going to be, you know, the, the second fight with Adesanya is going to be so much different to the first. And I would not bet against, um... Robert Whittaker in that fight. Robert Whittaker is so well-rounded and he and he's just he's even after being the middleweight champion for so long he's still so vastly underrated and yeah I'm not saying that it's a full, like it's going to be a great fight. Adesanya don't get me wrong uh, like Bobby Knuckles will have to bring his A++++ game to beat Adesanya but I believe he does have it in his uh, in his in his toolbox to get the job done and for that reason, I'm just looking forward to that fight. You also got Vittori taking on Costa. That is an excellent fight. I think that Vittori beats the brakes off Costa because Costa's just broken. I don't know if he's mentally there anymore. He's been coming out with some weird, weird shit. And speaking of weird shit, let's move on to the news. The biggest news really is that Costa is out of his fight with Cannoneer. Now, he said he never signed a bout agreement and he said that he wants more money, right? Because he pointed at what Jake Paul and Logan Paul were doing and said, if these guys can make all this money, look, I, I want to get paid closer to what they're getting paid. Well, you're dreaming, mate. Because the thing is, is like the, the Paul brothers have done very well. Respect, respect to them, man. They've, they've made such a great living out of doing like, you know, it's just, I don't know exactly what they've done if i'm honest but it, they're, they're crazy good at doing it they're marketing themselves and they and at the end of the day that what they are what they're getting paid in combat sports has nothing to do with combat sports does that make sense it has nothing to do with it it has nothing to do with combat sports and everything to do with the fact they made a following for themselves people know they are celebrities celebrity boxing matches will always do well and they will always get paid more than than most of the fighters that are on their way up because guess what because people know who they are and people don't like sports they like story they like characters that they can get behind and if they don't know who the people are then they're not going to buy it but every, and if everyone knows who the celebrity is especially if they know who their opponent is is as well that's going to sell more that's always going to sell more so costa's barking up the wrong tree dana white was absolutely right when he turned around and just said you know well you know if you want that kind of money you should have started a youtube channel when you were 13 do you know what i mean stop talking about making youtube but if you want to do that go and become a celebrity first and then come back to me when you can bring in pay-per-view numbers right but at the end of the day you've or all you've done lately is getting is get battered by you know, Adesanya, and then come out with ridiculous comments like, oh, I was drunk and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look, and it's not the right way to go about getting paid. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you cannot compare what celebrity boxing matches are making to what UFC might, might, fighters are making. It's apples and oranges. They're two very different things, and quite frankly, if you cannot see how different those things are, then I, I question your mental fortitude i really do i don't i don't i don't understand how you how you can look at those things and say well they're the same thing i should be getting paid what that guy's getting paid no it's not it's not it's not that simple there and and as 
As far as fighter pay goes, like, you know, the UFC paid pretty well, actually. I'm tired of explaining this to people. There's this narrative going around that the UFC don't pay their fighters. It's bollocks. It's absolute bollocks. They, they absolute, look at what they pay down the card. Don't just look at the main events. Oh, look, this main event boxer got paid, like, you know, 600000 like, you know, $3 million or whatever. It's like, yeah, but... The, the boxers, they get put, there are a few boxers that get paid a massive amount of money and that is at the expense of the rest of the boxers down the card. Because you look at what the early prelim boxers are making and then compare that with the 12,000 minimum that the early, the, the, the early prelim fighters are making at the UFC and you tell me how the 500 bucks that early prelim boxer is making is more than the 12 grand the early prelim UFC fighter is making. Come back to me. Let, let me know. How, uh, tell me more about how how all boxers get paid more. I mean, it's not it's not that simple. They're two very different structures as well. They're two very different business models. The UFC is a sustainable business model. A lot of boxing events these days make a loss because they overpay their main eventers. But anyway, not going to go too much more into that. Uh, yeah. So, cost is out. Cost is drunk. He's out. Uh, Gastelum versus Cannoneer. That's an interesting fight. Uh, Kelvin's always game. Honestly, I think his home is at welterweight, though. I think he needs to go back there because he just... he, he, he He's always going to struggle with the size. is a big guy. Cannoneer's... Uh, I mean, my heart goes with Kelvin and my head goes with Cannoneer in that one. But I'll, I'll go into that in much more detail when the fight rolls around. And George St. Pierre, he has a statue of Barack Obama in his hometown. Hang on a second, what? Is that, is that George St. Pierre? God damn. I'm kidding. That is a terrible statue though. I mean, fair play to him. It's more statues than I've been given and it's a lovely gesture. Don't get me wrong. It is a lovely gesture. But I mean, that is a god awful statue, isn't it? I mean, he's got, it's got a really distinct hairline. G when GSP was fighting, he was always, he always had a clean shaved head. There was no hairline. There was no hairline. He has hair now. This is a statue celebrating his fighting career. He should be, like, in gloves as well. Where is MMA gloves? Put MMA gloves on it. No, if George St. Pierre wasn't stood next to that statue and they asked me, who's that a statue of, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you. It's a pretty, pretty bad likeness. But you know what? Fair play. It's a lovely gesture from his hometown. And it's great that his, his wonderful career is being celebrated. But just do a better job of the statue. Uh, Troll of the week. We've got some good ones here. So, I've seen this one going around quite a lot. You got, I, think, I believe it was when Undertaker fought AJ Styles in their uh, Boneyard match. But it's just like, uh, yeah, you've got AJ Styles at the front. That's Cody Garbrandt beating Dominic Cruz. And then you've got Undertaker behind him. The next five years of your career. Woo! <laughs> yeah, because it's not been great. I mean, other than that, a sound sound knockout, it's really not been great. I still think that Cody Garbrandt's going to do good things still in that bantamweight division. Um, he just needs to try and find his form again. And that's it. You know, and, and he can find it. He can find it. Joey, he's, he's still he's still quite a young guy. He did great things at such a young age. It's weird. Like People think he's past it. He's, like, he's not even hit his prime yet. Uh, be interesting to see where it goes. And then who got her, uh, yeah. Because basically, at the end of the fight, the Vittori fight, Adesanya was pretending to be all hurt and like going down by the cage and that. And it's like, just imagine if your stream lagged and then it came back on and that was the scene that you saw. You would think that Vittori won. Maybe that's what happened to Vittori. Maybe his stream lagged and that's why he thought he won. Hmm. 
Oh no, oh no. And uh, then you've got, yeah, Darren Till. And uh, yeah, this, this one is really funny because Darren Till basically trolling somebody online and then it's just the comebacks that are hilarious. So yeah, anyways, uh, Darren Till's got this uh, company he's doing called Raw Dog, They're selling t-shirts, beer, I think as well. I need to get some of that beer. It's probably terrible. I bet it's terrible, but I, I still want to try it. So anyway, this guy, I uh, can't say, been trying to get Raw Dog shirt for ages, Darren, mate, just to piss my bird off. She hates it when I say I've Raw Dogged her. Can't seem to get one anywhere. Haha. <laughs> and then Darren Till comes back and says uh send send your bird round to my house and i'll have a raw dog t-shirt i can do the deed for you and then he came back again and just said she said that she'll come round if you stay stiff for as long as you did when george laid you out mate <laughs> Oh, yeah, because like, obviously you got not flat by Jorge Masvidal. That is brilliant. That is a fantastic, fantastic troll. Because, like, Darren Till, I guarantee Darren Till laughed his ass off at of that. That's what I like about Darren Till. He just, he loves trolling, like, get dishing out or taking it. Like, he just, uh, like, he's just such a funny guy. I, I wish he'd win a fight sooner or later. Like, because it's all very well and good being an internet personality, but damn, you need to get a fight one, mate. But I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Like, he's, he's, he's got so much ability. He just hasn't seemed to find it in his last few fights, which is just a bit weird. But um, yeah, either way, I'll be looking forward to his next fight. And I'll be looking forward to uh, yet more fights at the weekend. I think it is Korean Zombie versus Dan Ige, if I am not mistaken. But I will be doing a breakdown of that on Friday night. And uh, you can get those on the Friday if you join the old Patreon. And if you have already, thank you. Your support is greatly appreciated and uh, obviously if you're watching this this week then uh, you're already in the patreon so thank you again and uh, yeah other than that like and subscribe all my uh, social media deets are there if you think there are any trolls of the week that are interesting if you think i'm out of my mind with some of my predictions feel free to get in touch i love talking about this stuff it's what i live for it's why i talk into just like into into the void it's why i talk into the void about mma every week twice a week because i love this i love this but until friday keep those odds long and those bets terrible i'll see you next time